Welcome to Sports, 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 the I Wish You Would of Sports and Culture. Coming to you from independent, remote quarantine locations. With me tonight, my co-hosts, the exclamation point, the passionate one, Reed. Uh, good evening. And the question mark, the man who cares nothing about sports, Rowdy. Yo. And in the middle of the period, my name is Snoop Gentleman, episode 144, 12 times 12. How are we? Ooh. Square yeah. root in it. It's a square root. Yeah. How'd you figure that? Math. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I did my maths. <laughs> well, thanks for joining everybody uh, tonight uh, to listen to this odd little podcast we have uh, in and around sports. Um, never about sports, but mostly sports adjacent. Okay, let's do this. Hey, Rowdy. Hey. How about some sports? How about it? Hey, uh, you guys want to talk some Mike Gundy? I want to talk some Chuba Hubbard, but yeah, let's go roundabout uh, to Mike Gundy. What's going on with Mike Gundy? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> okay. Mike Gundy, uh, somehow a picture of him got published uh, on a fishing trip with an OAN t-shirt on. Rowdy, are you familiar yeah. with OAN? familiar with OAN, the One America Network, uh, One America News Network. Uh, and Chuba yeah. Hubbard... Chuba Hubbard. Are we on a oh, huge yeah. delay for you, Reed? Or are you just like... I think you are. There are these, there are these long gaps in between <laughs> when we start stop talking, and we're just waiting for you to continue. Okay. <laughs> Chuba Hubbard took exception to Coach Gundy wearing an OAN shirt because OAN is this far-right uh, news network that peddles in con- conspiracy theory and uh, literal fake news and this big is like agendas. Yeah, this is like news in like the loosest sense of the term. For news. sure. Yeah. Like, there's no real factual basis for this other than somebody said a lie somewhere and so they're going to re- quote unquote re- report it. So Chuba, Chuba did not like this. He he voiced this on Twitter. It kind of blew up. Um, no, he not only did he say that he he voiced it on Twitter, but he didn't just say like, "Hey, I that's bad." He said, "I'll not stand for this. This is completely insensitive to everything going on in society, and it's unacceptable. I will not be doing anything with Oklahoma State until things change." Chuba Hubbard was the uh, was the rushing leader. Uh, for the NCAA last year, D one one A. He's the real deal. Yeah, he. Uh, if Mike Gundy wants to keep his cush state job, working for the city, keeping a little change in his pocket, so he can go to Eskimo Joe's, that's a real place in Stillwater, Oklahoma. <laughs> then he needs to. Then he needs to keep his job, and he needs guys, uh, students like Chuba Hubbard to do it. So he was. Uh, what happened next there, Rowdy? Just uh, just wanted to make sure that was clear. He didn't say, "Oh, ooh, bad look, bad look there, coach." He he actually said, "I'm not going to play if this guy keeps wearing shirts." Yeah, so, I mean, in shirt. like, I mean, at the same time, you know, on the one hand, it's like, he, <laughs> right. he, yeah, uh-huh. okay, uh-huh. Here so we go. yeah, out, out on a fishing trip with his sons, right? Uh-huh. You guys been you ever been fishing before? You sure have. Yes. You ever touched a fish? Yep. It's kind of gross, <laughs> right? Okay. So you, when you have to handle fish that might, you know, jump out of your hands and, you know, get on your clothes and stuff, do you want to have a shirt that you like on at the time? Oh, here we go. It was a tra- Is my shirt, it was a trash my, hold on. shirt. Yeah. So right. So my I, hold on. My options are shirt I like shirt I don't like or racist shirt. And well, okay, so, so here's, here's the deal. So he so Mike Gundy, he did uh he he did come out and say uh you know, this this was all like, you know, when there was all the conversation going on around uh and we talked about this in the past when he was talking about getting uh how, how they're going to handle the season because of the coronavirus. And mm-hmm. yeah, there we go. This is what I was he liked, he, you know, he found 
OAN. And he's like, yeah, you know, I like it because they're, they just report the news. There's no commentary. There's no opinions. There's no left. There's no right. They just report the news I've been watching in the last week. So on the one hand, here's a potential scenario. Uh, he says this, it gets out in the news, you know, he gets, they, they send him a t-shirt and say, Hey coach, thanks for talking about us. And he's like, eh, this is an ugly shirt, but I am going fishing and those fish might get on me. So I'll wear this shirt. On the other hand, maybe he actually does like this network and he did, uh, you know, want to wear it because he likes it. The great irony in all of this is this is the same guy that went ballistic five, six years ago about the press talking neg negatively or disparagingly about one of his players. The Oh, dude, that was, yeah, the, I mean, that was 10 years ago. The I'm, I'm a man, man 40. I'm 40 guy. Oh, yeah, this, this is, is the guy. same. This is the same dude. So all of a sudden, you know, uh, when his players actually have something to say or something to stand up for, something that they don't like and are principled, then, you know, he's got to be, uh, he's got to rigmarole around to give some kind of uh, half-hearted apology and act like, uh, you know, this isn't cowboy football and, and this is, we're going to do some institutional changes and everything. Not to mention that he works for an institution of higher education where you should have a little more, uh, awareness and ability to critically think about what your what kind of brands you're representing. Why didn't you just have an Ohio or a uh, Oklahoma State shirt on? So are just, you saying just 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 because? So he wears he wears a shirt, and there's a chance that he does like this network that has been prohibited from running stories about polls, uh, which. Uh, you know, didn't show Trump in the lead in the 2016 election. <laughs> yep. Not allowed to report about police shootings, Russian yep. aggression, Trump's troubles. Uh, mm. That reported Hillary right. Clinton had a brain Calling tumor. Black Lives Matter of far. Uh, yep. That the Clintons murdered Seth Rich. That the uh, Cl the Clinton pack secretly gave well, eight hundred dollars to Antifa. Uh, that Donald Trump was illegally wiretapped by Obama. That Roy Moore propositioned teenagers when he was in his 30s. That. Uh, Stoneman Douglas High School shooting survivor David Hogg was running cover for his retired FBI agent father, um, that Syria never used chemical weapons and Syrians love Bashar al-Assad, um, that crime in the UK rose 13% due to spread of uh, radical Islamic terror, uh, that California was going to ban the sale of Bibles, that George Soros collaborated with the Nazis when he was 14, that George yeah. Soros was funding migrant caravans to the U.S., that George Soros sent... Uh, uh, is also teaming up with Bill Gates, Anthony Fauci, the Clintons, and the Chinese government uh, to fund the coronavirus for population control, uh, which originated in a North Carolina lab, um, and that the elderly protester injured by police in Buffalo was attempting to capture the radio communication signature of Buffalo police officers. So do you're saying you, you, that is a Do you remember what the problem? point was? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree and, with that. So yeah, so some of the things that OAN says are uh, very bad, and uh, they're true. not a news, very a reliable news service. So they did. Um, Gundy and Hubbard did get together, and they filmed the video together, and. Uh, Gundy said that he met with some players and he realized it's a very sensitive issue with what's going on in today's society. And Hubbard said that he should have uh, went to Gundy like a man uh, before going to Twitter. Um, so uh, Maybe and then Gundy, Gundy uh, realized uh, that was a sensitive issue before he had to get called out by one of his own players. I know. Yeah. Uh, so that was Monday. And then Tuesday, uh, Gundy released another video where he apologized for wearing the shirt. He disavowed OAN, uh, after learning their stance toward, uh, Black Lives Matter. And when did he do that? Tuesday? This was, this was Tuesday. Yeah. 
Uh, and so he said, once I learned how that network felt about Black Lives Matter, I was disgusted and it was completely unacceptable to me. I would, I, I would like to apologize to the players and their families for the pain and discomfort uh, that has been caused over the last two days. Black Lives Matter to me. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's the, the, the problem is I, th I feel like all of this goes to show that, I mean, Gundy essentially, uh, when he was talking about all the coronavirus stuff, he was getting his news from OAN. So that's, that right. was what, that was what was informing his take on reopening. So obviously like he's watched enough to feel like he's got a good handle on how to handle coronavirus. Um, so. And it wasn't just cause it was a shirt he didn't like and was okay with fish touching it. Yeah, I mean, it could have, yeah, it, that's just, that's one scenario, possible scenario. That's a scenario. That's sure. a possible scenario if we want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But on the other hand, uh, the other, the other working hypothesis I have is that Mike Gundy is dumb. Can you imagine any other student uh, on any other campus that would have this kind of pull? I feel like I did back in the day. You had this I kind mean, of pull? Yeah. You, like, made, you, you shot off one tweet and made changes like this? You know, I could have. I could have. We Russia rowdy. Twitter, Twitter didn't exist <laughs> back then, but I feel like I, back in the day, I probably could have. Yeah. You, had, you, you could pull enough strings. I get where Chuba's coming from. And with great power comes great responsibility. That's something I've always said. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh, you have said that quite a bit. And I think it was first attributed to you as well. Yeah. Anonymous. <laughs> That's him. That's him. That's a lot of my best yeah. quotes get, get uh, uh, chalked up to anonymous. If he's dumb, he's still making $5 million a year and was able to, one of his players was able to, to enact some sort of change pretty quickly. Yeah. And if this, if this doesn't show the power that the student athlete has over the institution, uh, then I don't know what is going to do that. Like clearly these guys, I think, are starting to understand that they have sway and they have power mm. and they can change the they can change the, the direction of this entire sport uh, if they so choose to. They tried it once at Northwestern, but if you tried it at a bigger school, you yeah. tried it at Oklahoma State or at Texas. Yeah, great you segue. Could, you could you could really do something. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of Texas football, is eyeing some changes. Uh, what what's going on? Yeah. So the players at Texas, Texas uh, University UTR. of Texas, Austin, uh, the Longhorns. They put out a letter, uh, you can find it on their Twitter account, that they're saying uh, they want to see changes on the campus, not just in the football um, program, but on campus. They want changes to the names of buildings. They want to change the school, um, the school song. And they want uh, the athletic department to provide more funding to black organizations and black lives matter. And they're doing all of this. Uh, and I think this is the shrewdest part. They're doing this on behalf of the student athletes saying that they will participate in practice workouts and all team activities required for preparation for the upcoming season. But they, without a commitment from the university to do these things, they're not going to participate in any recruiting of any incoming players or any donor-related events. So I just think, to me, this is like the, sh the shrewdest part of it, saying we are committed to our team right now, the guys in the locker room, but you as an institution, if you want to survive later, need us to do this basically free of charge since we don't get paid, since we're student-athletes and amateurs, uh, and we just won't show up. So they're asking for, they, they actually put out their demands. They have, uh, they want to rename five buildings. They want to uh, uh, replace statues on campus uh, designed uh, to support or uh, um, honor any of the Confederate uh, officers. And they want them replaced with um, statues from artists of color. They That's want- That's good. To, you, hit them in the, you hit them in the wallet. Yeah. 
and they want to rename part of the stadium for the first um, the the first scholarship athlete at the University of Texas as well. They want to add a, a black uh, athletic history exhibit at the Hall of Fame. They want the athletic department to contribute 0.5% of their annual earnings to black organizations and Black Lives Matters, which, by the way, 0.5% is $1 million. And then that they want to rename part of the stadium after Julius Whittier. And then the last thing was this kind of all started because their song is The Eyes of Texas, which was starting as started as a song that minstrels would sing. And they want to replace that with a new song without any racial undertones and re- lift the requirement that athletes sing the song. So they're asking for a lot. And this is signed by all of the student or all of the football players at Texas. And I, it's, it's, it's a huge ask and uh, it's pretty amazing that they've come out. This came out last week. Um, so there hasn't been any movement yet, but the fact that they're saying, Hey, we'll show up, we'll practice, we'll play. Uh, but we're not going to do any of this other extracurricular activities that is going to continue to build this program. Mm. And, you know, we have our, our coaches uh, blessing in doing a lot of this because Tom Herman's already come out and made some comments in favor of black lives matter. Uh, it's huge. Mm. This is where change happens. Yeah. So that's, this cool. is the Longhorns. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a great strategy because you're, uh, for two ways, in two ways, I think it's they're not necessarily jeopardizing their opportunities by continuing to participate, but what they are putting into jeopardy is the future of the program and any kind of fundraising or financial obligations that the program might have in the future. And for me, that's the only way that you're going to get any of these monster corporations or institutions to change anything is you got to hit them where it counts, and that's right in the pocketbook. Right. And you're never going to get 85 athletes to all say, look, let's none of none of us play. Uh, you know, well, maybe if, even more than that. I mean, some of those teams got 100 players. Yeah. yeah you're never going to get 100 players to say we're not going to play like a, a full on team strike. But you can do something right. like this to say, well, you know, you're not mess- we're not going to mess up our future, but we are going to impact Texas's future. And if we want to do that, this is how we do it. Well, what will be interesting is to see if this bleeds over into other sports, which I would assume it probably will. Like we were saying before we started recording, I mean, for it to be UT Austin, a monster institution and program, uh, I think that that gives it even more credence. It's like you we were saying before, Northwestern tried to unionize smaller program, private institution, those kinds of things. But mm-hmm. now you got the one of the biggest schools in the country doing this that's mm-hmm. that's gonna play yep biggest school one of the biggest schools one of the largest uh athletic departments i mean clearly if they're if 0.5 percent is a million dollars i mean they're clearing 200 million dollars a year in revenue uh just the football that's program huge. yeah uh, i think that, that well they asked for all athletic revenue to be considered oh yeah. i see yep uh, even their quarterback Sam Ellinger said on in Saturday, he stands, um, you know, with Black Lives Matter. I stand with this with uh, the letter we wrote. I stand behind the letter we wrote. So, hmm. it's it's huge. It's it's huge that I think it's great that these players, more than anything, are figuring out, that, like, they have a voice. You know, up until recently, uh, and no one, by the way, nobody signed this letter. So there's no clear-cut leader there's no division on who is in and who is out probably Antifa. Uh, just says, <laughs> yeah probably probably george soros yeah. if i were to get yeah i mean if you want to get to the root of it yeah the, the puppet master yeah. for sure soros and bill gates and the yeah. chinese government but yeah <laughs> it was just on behalf of the student texas was a longhorn student athlete uh and the the AD actually came out and made a statement, and it was it was all fluff. Yeah. Uh, but at least they're acknowledging it. So I'm. Yeah. He says I'm always willing to have meaningful conversations regarding any concerns our student athletes have. 
we will do the same in this situation and look forward to having those discussions as Chris Del Conte. That is plus. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure he's looking forward to talking. Him and his uh, million and a half dollars of salary are looking forward to guys they're paying, not paying, and giving them $15,000 a semester uh, educations yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. for their services. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize the yeah. history of uh, the eyes of Texas are upon you, uh, which mm-hmm. is from uh, Robert E. Lee used to say the eyes of the South are upon you. And so then the former University of Texas president uh, used to begin uh, by saying the eyes of Texas are upon you. And then that turned into the song, which now this makes me question uh, Walker, Texas Ranger. Now, oh, you should look into the eyes of the ranger. ranger upon you. You should look into the history of the Texas Rangers and their genocide against indigenous cultures, Rowdy. <sighs> Boy, this nothing's is... safe. <laughs> nothing's safe. It's all gonna get canceled. Before, yeah. <laughs> before what? If we're not canceled by forty, we're dead. Yeah. I mean, yep. if I have to cancel Cordell Walker. Where do we, yeah, where does it end? Yeah, yeah. where does it end? That's true. So. All right. We're one, well, step closer to, we're one step closer to unionizing, boys. We're one step yeah, closer we're to getting unionizing. there. These guys are going to get paid. All right. We're also inching closer to opening day of uh, baseball. What's going on? Are, are, we? <laughs> are we? Are we, though? As I mean, I, honestly, I have no idea. I just read the okay. headlines that you wrote. So maybe. <laughs> so, so here's what happened. Uh, back in, I believe it was March, when all of this, uh, when they were first canceling the season, the Players Association wrote to MLB and said, you have complete control. Just tell us where and when to start the season was essentially how it broke down. I'm, I'm simplifying it, but, but said, hey, owners, tell us, tell us when to start and we're ready to go. What they didn't do was say anything about prorated contracts, how they were going to get paid, how long the season was going to be, when it was going to end. All of that was up in the air, but they did put that, that one big shiny thing right in front of the owners and say, you can have this. Since then, they've gone back and forth on offers. Well, when did they start? In June, I think, or end of May. The first offer was something like, we'll give you 40, per, yeah, May 26, an 82-game regular season, 14 teams in the postseason, and no prorated salaries, just a sliding scale. So as your salary goes up, uh, we will take a bigger chunk of it. So people, so players who are making over $20 million for the season are paid mm-hmm. 20% of their salary, and players making um, up to $5 million are paid 50% of their salary. And there's a bunch of scale in between there. But just to give you an idea, if, you're paid, if you get paid a million a season, you're going to get 72% of your salary. If you're Mike Trout, you're going to get basically the same amount. You're going to get, what, $4 million. So to play the same game under the same risk of injury. Well, they've gone back and forth a couple times. They've just come out. The players have said, come out. There's no reason to have a conversation about this because it's going nowhere. Well, MLB put an offer out on June 12th. Nothing happened. So they put out an offer today for a 60-game regular season ending September 27th with a 16-team postseason and no prorated uh, no prorated salaries except for games, if that makes sense. So they're not, there's no sliding scale anymore. It's like if you play 60 games, you get your regular game check for those 60 games. Hmm. Uh, well, the other stuff there that hasn't really come out, like service time, is that going to count for one whole season, which is a huge thing in MLB? Um, yeah. um, and then one of the things the Players Association wanted was an expanded postseason for this year and next year, which it doesn't sound like they're going to get, um, but it's a pretty good it's a pretty good offer. It's the closest to a real offer that either side has really presented, um, because the 
owners caved on this salary requirement that the players had. They didn't want any sort of sliding scale. So that's we're getting close. It could happen. We could have baseball by the end of July. Hmm. Get excited. Well, okay. <laughs> no? Yeah, this kind of harkens back to the Blake Snell stuff that we talked about probably a month or more ago where, where the players were, when they were first talking about the uh, um, the finances of it all, it mm-hmm. didn't sound like it was really going to go anywhere. And that, Yeah, this, I mean, I listened to some sports radio this morning and they were all uh, chiming in that there's going to be no baseball and this is like late breaking. I mean, it just happened this afternoon. So, yeah, I mean, hey. We'll see. I still think it's going to be weird for baseball to have such a abbreviated season statistically and everything. I mean, this is going to kill pitchers' stats, most of all. But yeah, it could because there's there's no opportunity for them to to even to level back out. Right. If they I mean sixty bad... games. What? How many starts is that? Seven starts, eight starts. Yeah. For guys, you know, I mean, like, yeah. With the shortened season, I wouldn't be surprised if bullpens. Now they are expanding rosters to thirty, mm. um, but I wouldn't be surprised if aces went more often. Yeah, because they're going to have until they start getting injured. Yep, yep. It's going to be interesting. The sixteen-team postseason is is interesting to me too, and I know that the reason they wanted to expand that is so players. Why the players wanted to expand it is because there's more the opportunity to make money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because they get paid for those playoff games. Well, and baseball is just so streaky too. I mean, if you start out the season, you know, going three and seventeen, you're cooked. Yeah, you can't, can't rebound from those streaks like you can in 162 games. I was watching. Uh, there's a really good. Uh, probably five-hour, five-part um, documentary about the Seattle Mariners put out by SB Nation. It's a, a series called Dorktown. Yes. And they were, uh, they were talking about, I think it was two years ago, the Mariners opened the season 11-3 and three and then lost like 23 of their next yeah. 33 games or something. Those guys. Yeah, and you just nosedive because it's yeah. so streaky. Like yeah. you can win, you can win fifteen games in a row. That you can sure. win. Yeah. So, you know, they always say you don't want to catch the hot team. Well, that could be anybody. Right. That could be anybody this year because there's so many teams getting in, and they will still want to wrap up by the end of October, which would make sense to me because they don't even know. You know, if the Twins get in, they can't play games in an open stadium in November. Right. Uh, in Minnesota. Um, so there's going to be a lot of one game series in this uh, playoff. That's mm. going to be really interesting, too. Yeah. That's gonna, that, that could be a bummer. Yeah. It's wide open this year. I hope yeah. they play because this is this is like the demolition derby. Of, <laughs> it uh, really MLB. is. <laughs> it's like anything can happen. Don't get caught wrong or you're out. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, for what, sure. Wow. What, what else we got? Uh, you guys want to talk some Kyrie? Oh, Kyrie. Kyrie Irving, yeah. <laughs> oh, Mr. Flat Earth himself? Mr. Flat Earth. Yeah. What's he up to these days? Kyrie Irving's having a little trouble with the NBA and their bubble system that's going on uh, that they have planned uh, for, what's it called, Sports City or – the ESPN Sports Zone, Sports Zone in Disney uh, World. Wait, Orla- so in this Orlando. is in Orlando. In Orlando, where yeah. Where two hundred sixty of the five hundred airport workers tested tested positive for COVID. Correct. That's cool. That's I, I don't know why he'd have a problem with yeah, going to correct. Say. So what I've heard, it it may be an unstant unobstant unsubstantiated. I'll get it here in a second. <laughs> claim nailed it. Uh, but uh, Kyrie is not looking real forward to the uh, Rona Bowl down there in Orlando, so he a, uh, allegedly suggested that they start their own league and kind of do their own thing. 
Now, Kendrick Perkins, uh, a retired player, uh, former Celtic, former uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. He was a journeyman. He went and had a cup of coffee uh, several places. Mm. I, he said in an interview recently that if you put Kyrie's brain in a bird, it would fly backward. <laughs> Well, and, that's not very nice. And I think that is uh, some some uh, hangover from his flat Earth comments, no doubt, which I have, I believe he has come around on. Uh, maybe someone's set him straight, rounded well, he, him out a little bit. You know, so he now understands that the Earth is round; it's just hollow. Allegedly. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where Where else are the Nazis going to put their base? Right. <laughs> Right. Middle Earth. I mean the yep. moon. I mean they've yeah. got one on the moon for sure, but also the hollow right. earth. But anyway, right. go ahead. So uh, that's caused some stink uh, in terms of some NBA players and everything. So it it, it kind of it, it kind of uh, reminds me of what we were talking about earlier with Texas a little bit. Like it may only take a few star players, a few big money, big ticket players to uh uh you know kind of change how everything's going to work with this new nba season i still don't understand how it's all going to work because if one player gets sick seems to me you got to quarantine the entire team and every team that that team has been in contact with so and this uh, is up to the players to to show up right i mean it's not like yes so the teams the teams can say they're going but then the uh, the individual players can decide not to. So that's sort of what they're trying to say, like, hey, should we all just say we're not going? Is that essentially what they're, what they're doing so here? a couple things to that. They, the NBA did release their 100-page r- rules book for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And if a player does test positive, they'll be retested, isolated and retested within like 24 hours to see if it was a false positive. Mm-hmm. If they're confirmed, then they'll be in a period of, of rest, quote, rest and recovery lasting 14 days. No other, uh, they won't shut everything down. No other team, like the whole team doesn't go into quarantine. Just everybody mm-hmm. they've been in contact with will be tested, um, again, quote, unquote, regularly. So I'm guessing that would be daily at the point if you're actually in contact with somebody who had COVID-19. Right. So um, otherwise, they're in three different hotels, and they're saying we will continue um, if there is a small or otherwise expected number of COVID-19 cases. Uh, it will not require a decision to suspend or cancel the resumption of the season. So they're planning on people being positive, and they're just going to keep playing. This is not going to go well. But they haven't defined what those numbers are, just saying, like, we expect some people to be positive. There's going to be 17 players per team. There's going to be 20 people uh, with the team as support staff. Mm. There may be coaches who don't show up because they're they're old and susceptible. They have preexisting conditions. Right. Right. Uh, If any of those people... Uh, test positive that's okay as long as it doesn't reach this magic number that nobody knows what it is <laughs> well and, and get then, this get this too like what if Kyrie Irving decides not to play I mean you are not getting the same Brooklyn team if Kyrie Irving is not well playing. Kyrie's not playing already he's already injured for the season so he's out which is again easy oh, for I him forgot to about that yeah yeah which is easy for him to say like hey yeah. let's not show let's show not show up in mass in support of black lives matter and racial equality uh, to, uh, yeah. to just not give people the distraction. Um, but it's easy for him to say, cause he wasn't planning on uh, right. being there anyway. But basketball is that type of sport that if you take off the best player off of the five man team that's on the floor, I mean, that makes a significant impact on on the outcome of the game, the way I look at it, it's exactly. It's, yeah. it's not like baseball or even football, yeah. you yeah. know, where you have so many other players and one guy, unless it's like a quarterback or something, is going to make that big of a difference. 
Right. The be- the best player in baseball can only bat every nine times. Exactly. And they can only pitch every five days. Exactly. But, but as we know, the player. superstars in the NBA, they shoot every time down the floor. Yeah, they can shoot 40 times a game. Right. Now, as far as who can show up and who can't show up, there's actually going to be, like, what what were they back in the day? Death panels? So there's going to be, like a like, a virus panel to say, you are not uh, highly susceptible or you, you say you're not coming because you have a condition where you're concerned about contracting the virus or you're going to go in front of this panel and, and plead your case on whether or not you will be required to show up. You're not required to show up, but if you pass and say, I do have a condition that I would, would preclude me from showing up, you get money. You still get your... Oh. You still get your game checks. If you just say, I'm not showing up, you forfeit all of your game checks. Huh. So that's the only difference. Is like nobody has, it's, it's voluntary, but if you're just not showing up to just not show up, then you may not get paid. Hmm. Oh, kind of like yep. if you just work at the 7-Eleven or something. Yeah, it's just yeah. like a regular job. Right. You got to show up to get paid. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's wild. Huh. Uh, now, yeah, I don't know what happens if some of these, uh, some of these major players don't show up. King James, James uh, LeBron James, says he's showing up, and Patrick Beverly of the Clippers said, "Hey, if King James says we ball, we ball. He's the best player in the world," which I'm sure you love hearing Reed. No, yeah, uh, but he's yeah. So there's there's enough of the big. Time well, now that players. Michael Jordan's dead, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Xi Jinping told uh, LeBron he had to play. Shut up and dribble. <laughs> yeah. 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 They're Man. also allowing um, they're they're allowing guests to show up. Oh, really? Yeah. Fans. Like yeah. Yeah. It's after oh, this, this is, is not gonna go well. After the first round. Uh, playoffs is completed. Each of the eight remaining teams will be allowed to reserve between 15 and 17 hotel rooms for player guests. Jeez. Yeah. So there's going to be quite a few. I mean, they're all going to get the Rona going through the airport. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't laugh at that, but yeah, they are. I mean, half of the airport staff tested, tested positive. Now, maybe mm-hmm. they're going to fly into a private airport. They probably will with chartered planes and all that. But still, yeah. I don't know. It, 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 this seems crazy to me. But, hey, all, all, the players, all the players are in their own rooms. They're not allowed to be out. They're not allowed to go to any other players' rooms. Are they bringing their families? or They're not bringing their families until the playoffs start. Okay. Then they're going to allow families to show because up. the Rona respects the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, that's when that's when the real game starts. So right. I was like, whoa, they're not going to mess that up. Yeah, just the regular yeah. season. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Jeez. Well, we'll see. What's your over? What's your over under on how many weeks they go before the whole thing shuts down? Four. I'd take I'd take the under. Yeah. I'd say three weeks. Three weeks. I say four just because of the, and who knows if it's even accurate anymore of the 14 day incubation or whatever, but yeah, yeah, I, I, they're going to shut it down. Especially I think since they were the first sports league to shut down to begin with, I mean, other than the NCAA tournament, but like, yeah, basketball is just, you're, you're up in people's faces all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why you, I play. Yeah, too much oh. close contact. Just yeah. I don't like getting people sweat on me. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. You don't like getting your sweat on other people. You're just very punchy <laughs> yeah. yeah. about those things. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. Makes sense. If it weren't for that, I feel like it could have been the game for me. But mm. I agree. I bet you had. I bet you had a serious crossover, Rowdy. Yeah. What's that? Is that yeah. where you dribble between your legs? Well, sure, you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? And we are back once again with our good friend and food editor, Dennis Chu, for the last segment in the Seven Feats of Yao. Dennis, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys? 
Doing really well. It looks like you've changed locations. I see a different painting behind you. Yeah, I simply mm -hmm. went from the dining room table over to the couch. Gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. It's been an incredible journey in the last seven weeks talking to you guys and catching up with each one of my close friends, as well as Rowdy in this case. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Yes. Fuck it, Rowdy. <laughs> 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 so uh, 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 and uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do this, guys. All right, All right let's see. Here we go. Last one. I, I'm now going to tell you the story of when uh, when Yao Mi and I had the opportunity to meet George Bush, not Junior. We're talking about Senior. So one fun fact about uh, Bush Senior is that prior to being the U.S. president, he was the ambassador to China for the U.S. He was also the director so, of the CIA, Dennis. That has nothing to do with the story, Reed. Let's stick on topic <laughs> here. So being that he was the ambassador to China, he certainly had love for the Chinese people. So <clears throat> the first time that Yao Ming had opportunity to meet him was uh, we, were, uh, we were at a game. I think I might have told this story uh, earlier in terms of my, uh, my Kevin Costner story. Did I not? Uh, no, you haven't. I will certainly uh, remember know. a story about Kevin Costner. Yeah, it sounds like we're getting yeah. a twofer here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear it. In 2003, Yao Ming's rookie year, at one of the games, uh, right before halftime, you know, Kevin Costner was sitting center court front row. Uh, you know, the announcers brought him out. Mr. Tin Cup then made him putt, you know, in, uh, uh, you know during halftime, you know, uh, at center court. It wasn't planned. So Kevin Costner was there. At the same game was uh, George Bush. Uh, and after the game, uh, <clears throat> Yao Ming was like, hey, um, you know, let me borrow your camera so he can go get a picture with Bush. I was more excited to meet Kevin Costner because at the time, my favorite movie, uh, and still is one of my favorite movies all time, was uh, Bull Durham. So he and I went down two separate tunnels. He went after George Bush with my camera in an attempt to get a picture, which he did with my camera. I now had no camera to take a picture uh, with uh, Kevin Kevin Costner. Oh, this is brutal. <laughs> it was brutal. So Kevin Costner, you know, obviously coming out, you know, going into the tunnel away from, from the stand, you know, he's got shake hands, kiss babies, you know, all these people going gather after him. And uh, I just thought to myself, what a lucky guy. And he comes out and uh, I'm like, Mr. Costner, I'm a big fan. This and that, yada, yada. He shakes my hand. Obviously, you know, pre-COVID, everyone was shaking hands back then. Man, I miss the good old days. This is this is the best story already. <laughs> Kevin Costner. This is awesome. <laughs> and I asked the Mr. Costner, may I have your autograph, right? I had the marker in the, in the paper already. And, and he says, oh, yeah, sure, kid. Uh, just come, just walk it. So we're walking through the tunnel. We're walking towards the parking garage where the VIPs park. And he's like, what's your name? He's having a full conversation with me. And, you know, like a typical, you know, 19-year-old kid meeting a superstar for the first time, right? I decided the best idea to do to, to build a report with him and to build a bond with him is to regurgitate all of his famous movie lines. <laughs> so that's a yeah that's that's a pro move i was using like for uh, the dream lines you know i was using like for the love of the game lines i was certainly pulling a lot of lines out of bull durham um i don't think he was very amused by this right uh so we watched for maybe five minutes i got my autograph he shook my hand you know and i'm just thinking like how stupid i am what, what an idiot i am right at this point I kind of, you know, wishing that I, if I could relive my life and uh, I'll just probably be one of the things I redo again. Yeah, this okay. is not a story about Kevin Costner. I don't want you guys to turn to this a story about Kevin Costner. It's a story. It feels like it's a story. Yeah, no, hey. it's a story. It's a story about Kevin I Costner. I am totally okay with this. Yeah. It's, a it's a story about George Bush. <clears throat> so at this point, right, I'm so upset. I didn't, I didn't get a picture with Kevin Costner. So I... I started going down the, uh, the other end of the tunnels. I'm going around. It's a loop in terms of a stadium goes right. So I'm going to the other side looking for Yao. I get my camera back and hoping that I can move back down here and uh, and get my picture with Kevin Costner and embarrass myself again. So I run down to the other side. You know, um, Secret Service stops me, first of all. wasn't stadium security because I certainly have clearance to get to where I need it in a stadium uh, by my friend Yao. Uh, but Secret Service uh, stops me because that's where the president is. Um, 
Rowdy, do me a do me a favor. Go to Facebook and uh-huh. uh, go to my profile, my okay. background picture. Pull that up for me, please. I can honestly oh say I have. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Oh my God, Dennis. We got. I'll describe it to to the the public. We what? got uh, George H. W. Bush sitting looking dapper in a uh, in a suit turtle jacket neck. with a red turtleneck. Just <laughs> crimson. I think that's crimson. Crimson, yeah, mm-hmm. crimson turtleneck. Just overjoyed to be shaking hands with food editor Dennis Chu. So I just walked up to him without any anyone stopping me, right? You know, I, I shook his hand. It's like, hello, Mr. President. I think I introduced myself. Uh, you know, he was just like a nice old man. Oh, oh hi, how are you? And uh, he's like, you're such a nice young man. Something to that effect. I don't remember. <laughs> so the picture was taken by a, a professional photographer, right? It was taken unbeknownst to me, which <clears throat> later mm. on when I received the picture, because we were friends with this photographer, he gave it to me, right? I, I, was, I was really ecstatic by because I had no idea he took it in the first place. And now there's evidence. <clears throat> but what made it even sweeter it's a fact. Remember how he borrowed my camera to go get a picture taken with the president? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, my camera ran out of battery. <laughs> so he oh. never got his picture. So the fact that Karma. I somehow got a picture that I don't even remember, that I didn't realize was taken, it really angered him. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's <laughs> so, a good twist. There's a trend of all of these Yao Ming stories ending with Yao Ming <laughs> being angry at you. Yeah, I, I, kind, I mean, kind of feel like you're a d- friend. <laughs> yeah, you're you're, you're the you're the Forrest Gump of being a jerk. <laughs> exactly. You find yourself in these incredible situations and then somehow do the wrong thing. It's I, awesome every time. My relationship with Yao was, was certainly interesting, right? Because in the very beginning, he said the tone in terms like, hey, look, he doesn't like for people to treat him different because he's famous, right? So in the very early stages, I tried not to treat him different. And in a, I guess in an attempt to not try not treating him any different, I did by being a jerk to him. So... Oh, oh, you yeah. overcompensated. <laughs> probably, Classic. Uh-huh. yeah, Classic probably. Mistake. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But so you've, you, you in the, so in the course of this, you've ruined his his photo up with the president. Uh-huh. You almost broke you, up you've, marriage. You, yeah, you've ruined his his most precious <laughs> gift from his from his the love of his life. You've mm-hmm. stolen a shoe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, I did not. You, other you, you, you enabled a a traffic accident. Yep. Um, Can't forget that one. Yeah, this what? is you. Le- you left him you at, left a him mall. at a mall. Yep. <laughs> Abandonment. Abandonment. There is a theme here. I didn't realize it until this moment. The theme. Yeah. This should have been called something different. I, I didn't realize yeah. the theme either until Rowdy just pointed out. Now, man, you know what? I'm a bad friend, guys. I think yeah, so I think Dennis we need to. So this is it's our seventh. Seven yeah, it's Dennis and Dennis. Yeah, this is our yeah, seventh foot is. of Yao, our seventh <laughs> yeah. feet of Yao. And so I think after this, I think maybe take a week, just <laughs> think just about what about you've it. done. <laughs> yeah. And I think we should have you back on to maybe issue a formal apology to Yao Ming. <laughs> yeah, just type it up. He might still be living in Texas. He's if not. you weren't in Texas. <laughs> that's true. You may have run him out of town. You forced that's, him that's, to go back to the motherland. That's so whenever you're, ready, whenever, <laughs> whenever you're ready to issue a formal apology, our podcast will maybe be here. All right, guys. I appreciate the offer. Yeah. I'll, I'll take you into consideration. No guarantees. <laughs> so this goes from the seven feats of Yao to like, what is it? The fifth step of Dennis where he makes amends. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Very good. That's what I love about this is it started out as a, a journey about Yao and it has really just become it's been a personal a journey of self-discovery for our right. food editor, Dennis Chu. That's right. <laughs> You're absolutely right about that because everything we just discovered, I never knew. <laughs> Wow. And these are billable hours, by the way, Dennis. I had an epiphany after 38 years of my life. Hey, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, well that was fun. That's a good, that was a good journey. <laughs> oh, this was this has been great. All right, guys. All right, take care, Dennis. Take All care, right, guys. thanks, dude. All right, that was our final feat of Yao. Thank you to our food editor and official unofficial statistician to sports, 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 Dennis Chu. Yeah, uh, guys. He kept what? giving himself more and more titles. Yeah, that guy, that guy's going to run out of room real estate on his business card. That's all, that thing's already two-sided. Uh, we got a listener question in this week, guys. All right, let's hear it. We got a question from our listener, Nate, in Colorado. Uh, Nate is a big Premier League fan. Uh, do you mm. know what sport that is, Rowdy? Soccer. Whoa, Boom. European football, uh, and Nate brought to our attention that every team in the Premier League is now wearing uh, jerseys or kits, I should say, mm. uh, with Black Lives Matter printed on the back of them. And his mm. question was, if everyone in the league is forced to participate, is it still a protest, or does it lose its power by being institutionalized? What do you guys think? Hmm. Say it one more time. If everyone in the league is forced to participate, is it still a protest, or does it lose its power by being institutionalized so that every team is wearing the Black Lives Matter uh, kits? Okay, so I I might be wrong on this point. I thought it was an optional thing. I don't think the kits are optional. They're naked. No, I mean, like... I I didn't think it was that it was required that you replace your name. So their their state the statement from the league says, "We the players stand together with the singular objective of eradicating racial prejudice wherever it exists to bring about a global society of inclusion, respect, and equal opportunities for all, regardless of their color or creed." Uh, this symbol is a sign of unity from all players, all staff, all clubs, all match officials in the Premier League. Hmm. Um, so that was a statement they released on the 12th. Uh, so hmm. it sounds like it's going to be yeah, everybody. Across the board, across the board here. Yeah. Which from uh, anecdotally, I feel like just from headlines and stories that I've seen, soccer gets pretty racist. So it's going to yeah. be interesting yep. to see how this yeah. goes. Cause there are a lot of, I feel like I've seen stories of uh, players, uh, um, you know, black or brown players that have been recruited to uh, teams in, you know, predominantly white countries and they just get or or show up to play in predominantly white countries and uh, just the stuff that gets shouted at them. And, yeah, it's going to be. I don't know. Yeah, this this might go over uh, about the way that the uh, NASCAR Confederate flag stuff has gone over. I so. mean, it could. Yeah, I mean, I think on on a, certainly soccer, European soccer, I think would be the most diverse sport globally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, because you got people from six continents playing uh, uh, soccer. But um, it is it is kind of interesting to think about. Is it going to lose its uh, is it going to lose its power effect because now it's become kind of institutionalized? I don't know. Um, I think that I, it, I, I think, think so. that it still could be considered a protest. I think the most interesting thing about it, when I was reading earlier today, is that uh, Premier League soccer doesn't have any kind of Rooney rule where they are required to interview people of color for management or uh, coaching positions and things like that. So it, it's not necessarily changing the structure of the league, um, but it, it has been, to me, really interesting to see the international support for the Black Lives Matter movement um, and with the protests in Paris and Tokyo and, mm-hmm. and, um, and all over the world, London, all over the world. So I don't know. I, I, I could, I think it could still represent a protest. Um, I think if it's a player driven thing, particularly. Right. I think if it's player driven and it's not, I mean, if, if it's not the, the, 
if it's not the societal standard, whatever, that's not the best way to say that, but um, like the status quo, if it's not the status quo, then it's a protest. Yeah. And I don't think that regardless of whether or not they're organized, doesn't really matter to me. I think of it, and I, I made this comment before, that it's a lot like a strike. Mm. Because if mm-hmm. the AFL-CIO goes on strike and the service workers union, the SCIU, says we stand with our brothers and sisters in the AFL-CIO, that doesn't like diminish anything that they're doing over on the other side. Right. It's one group saying to another group, we stand with you. Right. Uh, and that to me is still is. That makes sense to me. Part of a protest, like trying to say we are still working with you in collaboration with you to to uh, to get whatever goals you're trying to and whatever outcomes you're trying to to get. So, yeah, I don't think that matters when it's uh, if it's not player driven, if it's just forced and they're not doing anything, they're not raising money or not um, not actually financially supporting these organizations and yeah it's just it's just posturing it's just performative and get it out of here but right so i uh you know am i i'm gonna wait and see what the outcome is there but as far as one group supporting another yeah if if it's institutionalized it's still it's still a protest yeah well I guess the bigger question is, is it a protest if if no one is there to see it? I mean, they're because they're playing mm-hmm. to no one in the stands. So, I mean, I guess you're going to see it on TV. televised, but yeah. So here, here's something I'm thinking about. Uh, I could totally have this wrong. Rupert Murdoch, right? Isn't that his name? Owned, owned, owned Fox News, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did I get that right? Yeah. Okay, he didn't he make his all all of his money from Sky Sports. That sounds familiar. I think I he did. Think I think so. So I think from from the Sky Networks in in I think I don't know why I think he's Australian, but from Skynet. Well, Sky's the one that no, not Skynet, not Terminator. <laughs> so, but he, he is Australian. He's that's the channel that shows all the Premier League games. Oh, yeah. So that's the that's the. Uh, channel that shows all the Premier League games. Just like over here, we have the right. So they show all the Premier League games over in the UK, and they're all going to have on um, Black Lives Matters shirts. Mm. So the Fox News guy is is disseminating their message throughout the UK. Mm, Boo! Yeah, kind of ironic, I think. Maybe Oops. not. Maybe I have all my facts <laughs> wrong. I don't know. I, I'm just Dennis, hearing what you're Dennis, saying. I have no no way to we'll know if that. it's accurate. Yeah, he will. <laughs> He will. He'll, he'll stat check us. Well, as always, keep the comments and questions coming, <laughs> listeners, and we will uh, answer yeah, them yeah. for you as has just been illustrated. You're welcome, Nate. Uh, all right. Um, and then finally, an update to our story last week about yeah. the uh, Black Lives Matter car oh, in NASCAR. Uh, there is now a... Uh, Back the Blue Car. This is driven by NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Kyle Weatherman. So it has a, uh, a the, mm. the thin blue line flag mm-hmm. on on the hood, where the Black Lives Matter NASCAR has the hashtag Black Lives Matter above the back rear tire. This has hashtag Back the Blue, and then. Um, the American flag is kind of like dragging along the ground, which I feel like is kind of fitting. Um, <laughs> and and Weatherman said that he 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 was excited about this because he was inspired by his uncle, who is a firefighter. Which what? Also, the firefighters are not the blue. Like when you say back the blue, do you think firefighters? When you see a thin blue line flag, do you think? Firefighters. I mean, no. I think it's a strategic move because I think they're gonna. They're, he's got that thing painted up like a cop car, and he thinks guys are gonna pull over, move out of his way when he gets close to it. Oh, that's pretty smart. That's pretty smart. Yeah. So, wasn't NASCAR started 
because it was bootleggers trying like racing their uh, bootleg cars. Yeah. Around the track. You make a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was souped up, souped up cars for, uh, hauling bootleg. Yeah. Moonshine. So the fact that they, they're like, it's the antithesis uh, of the cops. Right. And now they're all like, we back the blue, which is like, that's confusing when NASCAR, you're right. NASCAR may be the most anti-cop sport. That's yeah. a very good point. Yeah, it should they be. They don't realize it. Sport. Yeah, they don't even know their own history to know that they're, <laughs> they're anti-cop, that they're uh, a bunch of outlaws. Like, that is a great point. This is so backwards. It's like it was all outlaw racing, and now it's yeah. like, uh, oh, no, guys, fall in line. Uh, which, which, you know, this weatherman fella uh, needs to respect the flag a little more. Let's just all get that out in the open, too. Like, well, he, what he yeah. did with the flag is just disrespectful. Yeah. So that's that's one big issue. So the flag code states that the flag should never have placed upon it nor on any part of it nor attached to any mark, insignia, letter, word, figure, design, picture, or drawing of any nature. But however, the the deal is is this the flag? Or is it something else? Is it a representation of the flag? Yeah. So an artistic is it, is representation. It, yeah. Is it is it is it actually the flag that's being desecrated, or by making the, this is the argument, or by making these changes and calling it the you know American thin blue line flag or something like that? Are you are you changing it enough to where it's something else? I would so, say that when you have Police departments putting it on their vehicles or even uniforms, that to me says, oh, no, this is, this is, this is you desecrating the flag, if mm-hmm. you want to call it that. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So I think you it think depends that on what, the, what people think it is and what people recognize it as. Yeah. And obviously, I would assume the majority of people recognize it as the American flag. I'd like yeah. to see a, a NASCAR driver put an American flag upside down in the distress signal and drive around the track and see how that goes over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or like an American flag with like flames coming off of it because you're going so fast. Yeah, uh-huh. it's just burning. That'd be dope. Yeah, I mean, that would be something. I mean... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, NASCAR. Come on, I mean, this is just this is getting wild. I knew it. I knew this. This was gonna not go over well, and this is just direct retaliation for getting rid of the Confederate. Oh, I mean, it, yeah, it's literally like a week a week later, and and yeah. they, yeah, you I'm gonna take that? my car up like a cop car because my uncle was a firefighter. Do you think it's that, or if it's or if it's a response to Bubba Wallace and his car? What you- well, it could be both and, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would like to think that it wasn't that personal, but maybe perhaps it is. Huh. Hmm. That's kind of messed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Bubba Wallace will wreck him. I don't even know. I think that this guy's on the junior circuit and Bubba's oh, on the really? senior circuit. Yeah. Kind of like the guy that quit was a part-time racer that never run a race. Yeah, in the uh, he was a truck series racer too. Right. Yeah. Well, it, just to close, just a another NASCAR update. Uh, I mean, Dale Jarrett has confirmed that he has coronavirus and he is in quarantine currently. Uh oh. I mean, first of all, piss on Dale Jarrett. <laughs> but oh man but, but what I don't I have no idea but that's the extent okay. of my NAS, basically the extent of my NASCAR knowledge is piss on Dale Jarrett gotcha gotcha uh, well it was that was that late breaking news because I have a piece of late breaking news here alright let's, let's hear it uh, the apparently, which this was discussed before, the sixty-game offer to the MLB is extending to the players includes 
uh, a DH in the National League for both 2020 and 2021. Oh, I'm hearing that little pork belly on there, huh? Yeah, I'm hearing people are saying, okay, the DH is coming to the National League. You're finally getting your wish, Rowdy. They're going to play by the same rules. There it is. All right. Okay. Everything's coming up Rowdy this year. (laughs) Great. 2020 is the year you've been waiting for. Mm -hmm. Well, that's it. We did it. We did sports episode 144. As always, I want to thank the Minister of Sound, Mikey, Jet Belly Music, the Commissioner, Brandon Casburn, Food Editor, Dennis Chu, and the Honorary Ball Boy this week is... Ball Woman. Venus Williams turns 40 today. Venus Williams, the Wimpleton champion that told Queen Elizabeth II move over. I'm the queen now. Fought for equal payment uh, for women's tennis. Uh, and uh, equal purses from uh, that probably been about 10 years ago. So happy birthday to Venus Williams. Happy birthday, Queen Venus. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email us at sports, sports, sports pod at gmail.com with any questions, headlines, or topics you want to discuss. And don't forget to rate us and subscribe. New episodes will be there every Thursday where we will ask, how about some sports? I'll buy it.